Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast and really welcome back and uh, thankfully you're listening to this and it's been what is it late February since I last put something out on, on any of the podcast platforms um, but there's a really good reason for that so um, and actually that leads me on to talking a little bit about the fact that I've just been shooting an episode for the YouTube channel uh, the Engineering YouTube channel about why that is and but i'm going to share that with you now as well um but there's a little teaser trailer on there for what's to come because i wanted to kind of re-energize myself um and and kind of re- not rebrand that would be wrong because i'm really happy with the way the branding is and i'm happy what engineering stands for um but definitely needed a bit of an injection of energy and a bit of consistency and then making sure the quality was really good and i think that's probably the reason why i took a bit of a break I've mentioned it in the podcasts before, but I've been doing a bachelor's degree for the last seven years, basically, in STEM. So for those of you that don't um, know what STEM is, it's science, technology, engineering and maths. I've been doing that with the Open University, which means you'd kind of, I've had a full-time job as in, in, in aviation as an engineer and engineering manager, and now working in kind of a uh, finance space with engineering. And actually... That's taken, you know, a full-time job and doing a degree part-time and obviously having a family life and friends and, you know, social life and everything else that goes with that. Um, it's just meant that the quality of the stuff that I was putting together to go out on the engineering channel, it just wasn't where I wanted it to be. So I kind of took a decision, especially with that last three months, two or three months, to, bit of, to, to take a bit of a pause, focus on the important stuff, like getting my degree finished and out of the way. Thankfully, three weeks ago, I submitted, I hit the submit button for the last time got that kind of huge hit of dopamine when I kind of was like oh my god I've just got I've got a you know a receipt of submission back from the university kind of just waiting on that to go through now Um, but that kind of that point and that like I said that happened three weeks and I went on holiday for a little bit and I knew coming back into this I kind of talked myself into this space of like when I come back uh, it's really time to start refocusing on this stuff and and the (laughs) The frustrating thing is, is not there's not a lack of content. I've got two years almost worth of uh, tech talks, um, heritage episodes, uh, your Porsche story. There's epi- there's interviews with um, Home Built by Jeff, Frank Cassidy. There's all sorts of stuff that's already been shot, right? So it's not a case of I'm lacking content. It's just a case of spending time putting it together, working with the film students to to kind of build a storyboard up. And even that, right, explains kind of how seriously I'm taking this and how I want the quality to be um, going into this. I've got, I'm such a perfectionist with everything pretty much that you get this kind of counterbalance between um, progress and perfectionism. And I, But at the same time, one of my core values is not kind of... Um, I never wanted the channel or anything, any of this, to be um, glossy, too glossy. I wanted it to be high quality, but not... Here, look, I've built a car in three weeks and it looks perfect because that's just not the reality of things. So even though when I look back at some of the content that's on the YouTube channel now, I'm not particularly proud of what's out there. But at the same time, because my core value of, of all of this is show progression, not perfection, I'm going to leave it up. Partly because in a year, two years, three years time, when I'm coming back to this stuff and reviewing it again, I can kind of see how far I've come and hopefully use an audience will also be able to join me on that progress as well. And, and you can reflect on actually with anything in life, not just engineering, but your own journeys individually. It isn't necessarily about where you are right now. It's about the consistency. It's about the effort that you're making. And it's about kind of taking small steps. And as long as you're taking small steps towards your goal, you'll get there. It's just that you've just got to be disciplined and keep keep going. And 
in like in exactly this situation know when to take a bit of a break know when to refocus your priorities on whatever it is and sometimes that's personal sometimes that's not even work or study or anything like that it's it's just a personal thing that you need to take some time out that's okay too one of the things and i've spoken about this before in fact i'm going to talk about this all the time mental health well-being those things are really important to me i do a lot of talking about that stuff um at work linkedin you name it i mean anytime i get an opportunity to talk about well-being and especially sharing my own journey with that stuff i'll do it because i think there's power in that right there's power in sharing your own personal journey if it gives somebody else an opportunity to feel like it's okay to share theirs perfect i'm happy with that so i'm gonna i'm not gonna labor this one out i'm not gonna draw it out there's i've got a ton of stuff that i want to show you um and i really would head over to the youtube channel in the next kind of 24 hours you will see a new episode up um and that will be talking about uh what's an expansion of this but also a bit more about um what's coming in the future and there's a sizzle reel as well that's going to go on there as well just that i didn't even do it was the the the, uh, film students that put it together but i'm proud of them it's lovely to see their journey as well and as engineering graduates or engineering students get involved in the 550 build um, you can learn all about their journeys as well. And I really want it to be a story. I really want an arc to all of this, the way you can see the progress of everything build. Um, and I'm really confident that that kind of balance between progress and perfection is going to turn out a really amazing car. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can get this it really, even even at this stage, right? Dropping a, a, a review on any of the review areas you can for this podcast or um, giving us a like. Uh, and subscribing to the channel on YouTube makes a massive difference. Um, I'm, I, I'm really keen to get stuck in now, as you can tell. Um, we're at Reengineering UK on Instagram, Reengineering on Facebook, uh, and I will see you very soon. Thanks for listening, and take care for now. Bye-bye. It wouldn't be fair to leave you without something exciting, would it, or something uh, that's kicking off this stuff and the content. Um, so here you go, the first uh, Your Porsche story um this your push story is is a special one for me because it's my my cousin nick um this was shot at bista heritage a little while ago now um but yeah so just to re- refresh and remind you your Porsche stories you any any of you can then get in touch with me over at instagram at engineering uk on instagram and send me a dm and it's just uh your your history where did you come from with porsche what have you got now what are your plans with it and um, those are five or ten minutes so here you go uh episode number one of your porsche stories nick forbes george and his uh boxster s mr nick forbes george welcome to engineering podcast how are you sir very well thank you how are you all right yeah it's a sunny day we're in bista we're looking at cars the world is a great place the world is a great place and it's dried up thankfully because it was miserable on the way here so I did yeah. enjoy a nice drive in, so I'm not complaining, although it was a little bit moist. Is it, it was a little moist? Yes, so I had to go a little bit steady eddy. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it was gorgeous. It was a nice, nice drive in. I can't complain through the Cotswolds. Very nice. So, yeah, it was great. So, mate, this is your, uh, the first of your Porsche stories. Yes. So, um, let's go back to first Porsche experience. First time you ever sat in one, saw one. When was that? It would, so you're going to be going back to childhood. This was cars on the wall of a typical 1980s children's bedroom. I say children's bedroom, you know, sort of like talking 10, 11. And my mother had gone to one of the shops where they would sell framed pictures of cars. And on the framed pictures of cars, there was a 
an F-40, there was a Kawasaki Ninja, and there was a 911. So that was what was in our in my bedroom, and I'd look at it all the time. It was a whale tail one. Colour? Do you remember the colour? Red. Yeah. Stand, yep. Standard aces, yeah, red. Yeah, right? yeah. Everything was I black can, and red in the aces. I remember exactly what it was, exactly yeah. where it was in my bedroom, and that was kind of where it started. And then, um, yeah, and then I've been a car enthusiast ever since, and it was always the aspirational thing of I set myself some goals when I was younger. Probably by this point, you're talking in your twenties, and one of them was Porsche by forty. Okay. And then in my 40th year, along came the Porsche. So, so yeah, okay, okay. Let's let's track back because that's the like that's like a condensed version of the story. But they're like you buying that car. So so how did that happen, mate? I know the story, but yeah, tell the, the listeners story. tell the listeners how so that works. So Paul and I are actually related. So we are uh, we're cousins. We and um, we were at a car show. So we do a lot of car shows together. Um, and we went to Goodwood. And I at the time had a Mercedes AMG convertible that was coming to the end of its. PCP lease and it was decision time was to buy it's a lovely car it was new 2018 3 litre twin turbo all the kit on it Um, really really great car but relatively sensible with four seats and I've got four kids so I can never take out all four of my children in this car and to be honest with you they never really came out in it anyway so it was time for a fun car you've got uh, a van that's like half van half yeah, so we've got a six, child transportation six-seater yeah. transit van. We've got a X5 M Sport um, that's amazing, but it's seven-seater, so that can cart them all around as well. So whilst Paul and I are at Goodwood, um, and I've very fortunately got to the stage of my life where we can afford to do these nice things, we see a Lotus Amira, and we're all yes, yeah. You know, I, I was going to admit this bit, but yeah, 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 yeah do, no, do no, the whole we, Amira we've thing. We've got to do well, the yeah. whole Amira thing. So we got very excited. <laughs> I phoned my wife up. And it was all, it was launched with its price and we were both sat there like, I think I can afford that. Now I've never had a Lotus before, so I thought, I think I can afford this. So we did the numbers, literally me and him stood there on the back of a fag packet, can we do it, can we not? Um, phoned my wife up, said I might be buying a brand new car. She thought I was kidding. Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so the order went down and boom, I'm getting a Lotus. Anyway, then it was supposed to be here last June. They delayed that, and then the prices went up, and then the, and then it, and then I got rid of the car, and I started to get a bit itchy, and I'm like, mm, don't really know, yeah, and then we went out in Paul's Cayman, um, so which I had, which I had been in before, um, and then I actually started looking a bit more of like, I really like this, and then but don't like let's not. Uh skip the bit where and I and you you won't be the only person you yeah. looked at it came and without knowing too much about it then went eh, a port, yeah, it's so, alright I it's didn't okay. want to say that I just said, thought yeah it's a poor man's Porsche yeah I was like yeah it's a poor man's Porsche but I'd never been in one uh, then I went in Paul's and I sat in it in that car park at Cotswold Cotswold Motor Hub yeah, yeah and I was like eh, this all looks very similar to 911 interior and this is all well, this is all very nice then we went out on it and I heard the pops and the bangs and the cracks and I was like I love this um, so, the Amira was there waiting in the background, nothing coming anytime soon, promises being made, um, and don't get me wrong, it looked amazing. And then I started after Paul's car, I went to the Porsche dealer, walked in there, and um, saw a chap called Matthew Parry at Cheeksby Porsche, who'd actually sold me my X5 um, from BMW. Now, I know that sometimes when people walk into these... Um, 
showrooms, they aren't always taken seriously. And Matt knew me, knew my character, saw me pretty cars before, and was like, "I know what you're like. If you if you're if you're in here, it means you're looking." Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. he he um, off we went, and we took out a 911, we took out a Cayman, and we took out a Boxster. Well, I did it back to back, same road, um, and he knows that I like convertibles, and uh, yeah, and the Boxster was just like, "This is." Uh, again, I didn't think I was going to like it. Was that the it. one you bought, or was it a different one? No, it was a different right. one. Uh, okay, right, 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 right. So I was like, this is a piece of me. Um, but honestly, I thought, oh, 2.5 litre, knew the stuff, because mine's a 718, so it's not the flat six. So I didn't think it was going to be loud enough for me, or obnoxious enough for me. So um, took it out, and it was amazing. Like, completely fell in love with it. I then said to Matt, right, the one they had in the showroom was silver, which wasn't me. I was like, Matt, you've got to find one that and my... Um, that makes you look like a massive dick. Yep, so my <laughs> thing I said to Matt was, when, when I drive past, people have got to think, what an a-hole. Yeah, yeah. So I left it with him. Matt then, two weeks later, phones up and sends me a video of a car. He said, right, it's bright lava orange. It's got every single bells and whistles on it and now one thing I'm a bit of an audiophile so I like the upgraded stereos and so Barrows and Wilkins Bermista the ones that are the stupid four grand options that he said he's never seen before on a Boxster yeah. he said it's got the Bermista stereo it's got everything you need everything, everything you wanted um, sent me this it video. sounds like a sales pitch doesn't it normally oh. normally you'd be like oh yeah okay and actually when you turn up it's got like standard sound system yeah. and they just want to get you through the door I wouldn't have taken it with the standard sound yeah, system yeah 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 for sure so he um so I went down there. Oh, his parting thing with, with on the video was, um, right, here's, here's the car. It's exactly what you want. It came in half an hour ago. It's going to sell very quickly um, because it's got everything on it. Phone me when you've got your card in your hand. I, so read the message, phoned him up. That was half 12. By half one, I bought the car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that is the fucking way to do it, right? Yeah. Definitely, and then yeah. when I picked it up two weeks, so they prepped it all for me. I said to them, I want the... Um, the registration plate take off the front so I could put a sticky one on there for my own plate um, and the way that Porsche cheats me made me feel bearing in mind that I was buying a second hand Boxster so this isn't the top of the you know, top of the tree they made me feel like I was buying a £300,000 Porsche yeah, mate, that's very special it was everything was amazing about it I was, you know it was in the showroom and it looked brand new yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it pops it cracks it does everything I want it to um, and I knew it was going to be quick I didn't think it was going to be quite as quick as it is mm. and actually now take it out and the more I've got to know it and the more I can push it and the more I'm, I'm like it is really quick yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's up there with you know it's just behind the 911 it's so much fun um, it's uh, the price point for it for what I'm you know for, for it was perfect for me as well you know I'm not a millionaire so but I feel a million dollars when I'm driving it yeah, and man. And I've always had, this has always been mine and Paul's mantra is the, the smile on my face can't get any bigger if I'm in this car, which is a, you know, just under a 50 grand car, or if I'm in a 250 grand car. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. The colour's great. I'm super proud of it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's at the moment. I, recently, I got asked back to Porsche, uh, had the car for a year. Matt says, Come back in. We've got some stuff here for you. Let's let's go and have a look. Let's, mm -hmm. There's a couple of nine elevens. There's some more convertibles. Let's see. We, we we can. There's loads of equity. Your car's worth what you paid for it last year. Right. So you know, do you want to go up up a level? So I went in there, 
um, with a completely open mind. I took out a 911 again, um, and of course it was more money, and, I, and, the, and everything in it was just very similar to where I was, but mm. just more money. Mm. So I was, for once, and anybody tell you, I generally I jumped through my cars relatively quickly, I was, no, I'm staying with this. I'm, it's mad, isn't it? I'm going to stick with it. Um, it's the last, as we know, the Porsche calling an end to production of the 718, so this will be the last of their petrol-driven small mid-engine cars. Um, my only thing I might do is I might order another one, ready just to have the yeah, last yeah, yeah. of the last before it goes. By that point, I'm around 42 now, and I, you know, just, you know, just to do me for another few years. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a great car. Every time I look at it, I'm super proud of it. It gets the pops and the bangs, and people, uh, and people love it. And you know, people love it when they see it. I get loads of compliments about it, and uh, yeah, I'm very happy. I mean. As we're stood here now, you can't see what we can see. There's hyper cars everywhere. There's some, an old DB5 that's probably worth a couple of million quid At next least, to us. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in, in a plethora of, of just, it, it's this, your senses are being overcome with all these different vehicles, which are poster cars to me, but I wouldn't want to live with the way I drive mine with any of these vehicles, yeah, yeah. No, unless it was tucked agree. up in a garage somewhere. Uh, I, I tell you what, there's, I've spotted one car that I would. No, GT3 RS. GT3, yeah, yeah 997 GT3 RS. But that's the only car yeah. in there that I can see inside, and there is a mega kit here. Um, Nick, thanks so much for coming on the channel. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, so if you want to be on your Porsche stories, then make sure you check back. Uh, head over to Engineering UK on Instagram, and we'll catch you up for the next one. Take care. Say thanks. goodbye, Nick. Bye bye. Thanks, buddy. Fucking hell. Should I start again?